Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Bert. I'm the lead pastor at True North Community Church. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. I'm going to have a little something to say to you at the end, but for now, let's dive in. All right, week two in a message series called You Are Here. Don't you love that transitional video? Wasn't that video cool? I love that, yeah. And that stuff gets made, yeah, that stuff gets made by in-house by Daniel and his team. He makes that stuff. So yeah, it's fun, right? It's cool, good stuff. And it's fun watching, because I'm up here watching all of you, and every one of you guys are like waiting for your town name to come up. You're like, <laughs> awesome. Okay, so um, week two of a message series called You Are Here. The, the concept behind the title is this. If you've ever been to an airport or uh, an amusement park or even uh, in the mall sometimes, you'll find a big map that tells you where everything is, which is really, really helpful. If you need to get to know uh, where you're going, if you need to find a thing, uh, it's great. You can do that, and there'll be a little alphabetical listing of where everything is, and you can find it. Uh, but you have to have one crucial piece of information. you got to know where you are on the map. So the first thing you're looking for is really not your destination. The first thing you're looking for is a little yellow arrow that says, you are here. And that's kind of where we're making our beginning. Last week we talked about uh, where we are spiritually, where some of you guys are spiritually. And for some of you, uh, this is where you make your beginning. For some of you, your arrow that says you are here, your arrow is pointing to this. I believe God exists. I don't know too much more than that. Like, that's, where, that's what I got for you. I believe he's real. I think he's out there somewhere. But that's all I got. I'm not really sure too much more. That's awesome. I mean, some of you might be, you're not even there. Some of you are like, I don't know if I believe he exists. I, I might self-identify as agnostic. Maybe some of you might self-identify as atheistic. If that's you, I so respect that you're in church this morning. Love having you here. But rolling the dice and reading the tea leaves for a room of this size, I'm guessing most of you would say, I at least believe God exists. So if some of you, that's where you are, and that's it. I believe God exists. That's all I got. That's awesome. Because what you've got is a tiny little seed of something very important. You've got a tiny little bit of faith. And faith is a big, big deal. So you believe God exists, that's killer. Some others of you, perhaps, you've taken a following step and said, I not only believe God exists, I believe Jesus Christ was his son. And I believe Jesus Christ rose from the dead in payment for my sins. I believe my sins got paid for when Jesus rose from the dead, and I put my faith in that. Some of you, that's where you, that's where you got your flag in the ground, and you're like, I believe that. That's where I'm at. We would love for all of you to believe that. We're not trying to twist your arm, but we believe that's true. So we would love for you to believe that as well. If that's where you're at, that's cool. But a lot of people kind of have come to that point and gone no further. And what we've been talking about a little bit in these last couple of weeks is that there is a calling on your life. God has placed a calling on every one of our lives. And for some of you, that's new information. Particularly if you're new or newer to church, you might be thinking to yourself, calling? I don't have a calling on my life. A, ca a calling? That's for like pastors. Pastors have a calling. Evangelists have a calling. Monks, nuns, missionaries, professional Christians have a calling. You know, people who get paid to be a Christian, that's a calling. You know, I don't have a calling. I drive a truck. I don't have a calling. I'm, a, I'm an architect. I don't have a calling. I'm a teacher. I, like, I do, you, you know, whatever, you fill in the blank, you know. You, you've got a normal, ordinary, regular Long Island life, and you've ne it's never occurred to you that there's a calling on your life, but there is is you have been invited into a vast 
Amazing story. And in point of fact, team, if you're new or newer to our church, this is good information for you. Our church has a mission statement, and our church's mission statement is this. We're helping people discover their role in God's amazing story. That's what we do. We help people discover their role in God's amazing story. It's not your story, it's his story. And it's incredible. God is telling a vast, incredible story, and you have been invited into it. You don't have to jump into it. You don't have to honor the calling that's been placed on your life. You are free to continue living however you want to live. But you have an invitation on the table from eternal God, from like the, the Lord of heaven and earth, has invited you into something. You've been invited into something vast and spectacular. Now, what that looks like for each of us will be different because we're all different people. We all have different gifts and talents and so forth. But there will be three things that will be commonalities, three things that will be true for everybody that wants to play the part that God gave them to play in his amazing story. And those three things are honor God, love others, and serve all. Those three things are going to be in place for all of us. Last week, we talked about honoring God. And honoring God begins with laying down your lead role in that tiny little story of you and picking up a supporting role in God's amazing story. So we talked a little bit last week about main character syndrome. Anybody remember us talking about main character syndrome from last week? I'll take it. So main character syndrome, if you weren't here, it's actually, it, I didn't name it. I found, I found this. Apparently it is trending on social media. Look it up, not now, but when you get home, maybe. Main character syndrome. I found it in a news article in Forbes on my Apple News feed. And basically the article said, main character syndrome is why people seem to have forgotten how to behave in public. Somewhere during the course of the pandemic, people have just forgotten how to behave in public, they don't know how to behave at the movies. They don't know how to behave at concerts. They don't know how to behave on airplanes. They don't know how people have forgotten how to behave on public. And a lot of it is being blamed on something called main character syndrome, which is not an actual illness. It's, well, maybe it is an illness, but it's the idea that I'm the main character and it's all about me and I'm going to treat everybody around me like a tiny little supporting actor in my story. And, and the only thing that really matters is, is if, the, if something inconveniences me or something uh, happens that I don't like. And I'm going to behave in a way that totally disregards whatever you might like or want or find convenient in this moment. Like, for example, threatening a flight attendant so the plane gets grounded. Everybody with me? Like, these people are out there. Those people are out there. And we're going to get to those people a little bit later in the message. But main character syndrome is a life lived where it's all about you. If you're going to honor God, you're going to have to take main character syndrome and kick it to the curb. And live a life where you voluntarily pick up a supporting role in a vast story. You could play the lead role in the itty bitty little story of you. Or you could play a supporting role in God's vast story amazing story. This week we get to part two, which is love others. Now when I say love others, some of you perhaps may check out a bit because love others sounds nebulous. It sounds ethereal. It doesn't sound like something like it's, okay, let me, let me talk real quick to the men in the room. Men in the room, pay attention. Men, give me a humph, like a harumph. 
I know you're here. <laughs> Men in particular may struggle with this because not always, but sometimes men stereotypically sometimes struggle with showing love. Particularly if you grew up, men or women, if you grew up with a father that never told you that he loved you, you may struggle now telling others that you love them. And loving others isn't always about telling them, but sometimes it is. So if, you're, if you struggle with that, you may think that loving others is all about just saying it, and it isn't. It's not just about saying it. This teaching isn't nebulous. This teaching isn't ethereal. This teaching has teeth, and you can never get to the bottom of it. It's bottomless. The idea of loving others is something that, that permeates every area of our life. You could spend the entire rest of your days working on how to love others properly and still not get to the bottom of it. Have you, you guys, some of you may have heard of the Great Commission, a verse called the Great Commission. There's another verse in Scripture that, which got nicknamed the Great Commandment. And in this particular verse, somebody walks up on Jesus and basically says, Rabbi, look, could you just sum it up, please? Could you just, like, this is complicated. There's a lot to it. There's all these prophets. There's all these laws. There's all these rules. Like, this is a lot. Could you just, like, sum it up? Which is to say, it's almost like he walked up on Jesus and said, hey, could you just put this whole thing in a tweet? <laughs> and you know what Jesus does? He basically does exactly that. This, these are the verses. This is Matthew chapter 22. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So, so this guy, hey, what, how, do, how do I sum it up? What's the most important thing? What's the main thing? Here it is. I'm gonna give you a tweet. Here it is. Love God with everything you have and love your neighbor as yourself. This sums up the law and the prophets. This is the whole thing encapsulated. You honor God. You love God with everything you've got and then you love others and serve everybody around you. You, 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 you love God with all that you have and you love others as you love yourself. You could spend the rest of your life working on that and never get to the bottom of it. Every once in a while, someone will come up to me and you know, less so as the years go on, but especially early on, people would come up to me every once in a while after church and go, you know, Pastor Bert, we, we love your teaching and, and we sure do love the sermons, but we were just wondering, are you ever gonna go deeper? Like, is there a deeper thing? Could we just get a little more deeper? Because we like deeper, 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 more deeper. And so I would kind of go, you know, and, and that's a good question. It's a good thing to want. And what what that person or those uh, folks may, may really be interested in, I think, is knowledge. They want to learn things, and that's cool. And what they want me to do is to open up the Greek language version of the scriptures and parse out the Greek verbs and uncover, like, hidden nuggets of knowledge that will make them go, ooh. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's cool. But my experience has been that doesn't lead to deeper. All that leads to is smarter. And I'm not here to teach, I'm here to preach. You feel me? Yeah. So, 
So I'm, I'm not much into the teach end of it, and my response is always the same. Through the years, anytime somebody says, when are we going deeper, I have a pre-programmed answer. So just in case you were thinking about asking me this, Anytime somebody says, when are we going to go deeper? I go, here we go. We're going to go deeper right now. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's, here we go. Ready? You love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And when you get that covered, you come back and see me, and we'll go deeper. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> Nobody ever has. <laughs> because you can't get to the bottom of it. You can, however... Lean in, church, with me. You can, however, spend 20 or 30 years going to Bible study every week and still be a jerk. You can. You can go to Bible study every week. I know, and look, I know the word of God doesn't return void. Don't email me that verse. I know. I get it. I know the word of God doesn't return void in a person's life, but I have seen evidence of people who go to Bible study week after week after week and are no more loving, no more kind. They don't love God anymore. They don't any more than they used to. They don't love God, their neighbor any more than they used to. They're not growing in love is my point. Are you following? You grow in knowledge? That's great. Listen to a podcast. You want to grow in knowledge? We've never had more opportunity to go learn things. There's so much, there's such a wealth of knowledge out there. That's great. I'm not interested in making you smarter. I want to see us honor the call that God's placed on our life. And that means loving God with all we have and loving others. Now, the loving others part is about to get tough because loving others means loving people who are other than us. This is 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12. And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. So the calling is love one another and love all people. So there's the inside, there's the us, right? There's the us. You, you love your people, right? You got your people and you love your people. You got family, you got friends, you got a circle, and you love them because that's what you do. It's normal to love them. They love you back and it's, it's symbiotic and it's good. But there's also a circle of people outside of your people that it wouldn't be normal for you to love and you're called to love them too. In other words, stay with me, you are called to love those people. <laughs> You're called to love those people. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, those people. They're out there. Those people are out there. I can't believe those people think like that. I can't believe those people vote like that. I can't believe those people drive like that. I can't believe those people raise their kids like that. I can't believe those people act like that. I can't believe those people. Those people are out there. <laughs> Some of those people might be in here. <laughs> and you're called to love those people. And you know what? That's about to get a lot more difficult. You know why? Because we're headed right back into an election year. Who's ready? Yeah. Who's ready for things to get crazy and political? I, I just don't want any one of this. Who's ready to move to Canada and be done? Who's ready to just vote for Kanye West and call it a day? <laughs> like just... I, I, 
don't have anything else for you. Like, I don't know if I'll make more commentary on this as the year goes by. I just know every four years, and it, this is going to be worse than ever. The partisan politics is going to be worse than ever. The divide is going to be highlighted worse than ever. And there are going to be a lot of people in this country saying sentences that begin with those people. What are you going to do with those people? You are called to love them, to love them. And that, by the way, is a commandment. It's not the great suggestion. It's the great commandment. You are called. These words are, are commanded of you. Now, how does that work? How do you, how can you, oh man, like how, how do you love somebody if they get on your nerves? Matthew chapter five, listen to this. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. Let me hit you with it in like simpler, maybe plainer English. You can't love God and hate those people. You just can't. They don't, these things don't work together. You have to love those people. You're called to love those people. But how? Like, how does this, come on. Love is something you feel, is it not? It's just something you feel. You feel love for a person. You feel love for the, your loved ones. And, 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 and we're being commanded to love people that we don't agree with. We're being called to love people that we don't like. How do you love somebody you don't like? How, and you're being commanded to feel something. How can, how can God just command you and say, feel this, feel love, love those people? I mean, what do we do with that? Well, let's start here. First of all, you don't have to like somebody to love them. Yes? You don't have to like somebody to love them. You don't. Many of you have like immediate family members that you do not like, right? Is it awkward now? Are you sitting near the person? Don't point. It's, sorry, but like some of you, you've got immediate family members. You don't like them, but you still love them, right? It's where it is. It was like that between me and my dad for a lot of years. He passed and we were cool and we reconciled, but there was a long, long period of my life where we didn't like each other at all. You don't have to like somebody in order to love them. So how, so can you, let me uh, say it differently, with regard to these people that you don't like, those people, whoever they are, how can you just do this? Is, is it within your power to just conjure up feelings of love for people that you dislike? I don't know that it is. I'd have a hard time with that. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah hard. So what do you do? Well, what do you say? It was a rhetorical question. <laughs> Wasn't looking for a call and response. Also, no. Okay, so. Um, you don't avoid them. What you do is this. You start here. You start here. Begin by, okay. I was gonna say start praying, praying that good things will happen to them. Begin by stop praying that bad things will happen to them. <laughs> start here. Don't, okay, stop 
that person, those people. Stop praying. Is there, is there someone that you have in your mind? Yeah, you got somebody in your mind, right? It's that dude in the cubicle next to you who just like irritates you all the time. It's that, neighbor, it's that relative who won't stop criticizing you. It's that neighbor that just ugh, like gets on your nerves. Stop praying that they get hit by a bus. Stop praying that a piano falls on them. Like stop, stop praying bad things and start like this. Because what's gonna happen next is gonna require some obedience. This is a commandment. You have to obey it if you're gonna follow Jesus. Everybody with me? It's a commandment. So what do we do? You start like this. Start praying for blessings on their life. This person that you can't stand. That's gonna sound something like this. God, <laughs> just pray that you'll bless them. That's all I got. I'm done. I can't just... That'll be the first prayer. But then the next day, if you come back, you'll go, God, help me. Just pray that you'll bless them again. And then the next day, you just come back and you think of that person, you name them and say, God, I pray you'll bless them with good health. Okay, maybe that's all you got. But day by day, if you obey, this is an obedience thing. If you obey, those feelings of hatred are going to dissipate. They're going to water down and lessen. They're going to they're they're become thinner. They're going to they're start to, to evaporate. You, this does not mean you suddenly agree with everything they say. This does not mean you sign off on their ideology. This doesn't mean that now you two are in full agreement and you're going to start planning fishing trips together. That's not what we're talking about. This means you, on your side of the fence, by yourself, in, a, in obedience to Almighty God, are saying, I'm going to actually make a change. I'm going to not just honor God and love others. I'm going to honor God by loving others. And I'm going to start changing the way I see things and adapting the way I see things. So I'm going to pray, God, I pray you'll bless their relationship with their children. God, I pray you'll keep them safe today. Father, I pray... I pray that you'll bless them financially. <clears throat> I pray that you'll, like you just start praying. Start praying good things. Start praying good things for this person and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. And, and suddenly you will find that you hate them less and less and you may even come to a place where you now feel neutral about them. You may even come to a place where it's not, ugh, and it's just, okay. And perhaps, it's not a guarantee, but perhaps from there, love can start to grow. It's not something you can just conjure up like a, like a genie from a lamp. It's something you're going to have to obey God in. And the bad news is you can't phone it in. You're going to have to be real about this. This is Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I'm sorry, Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. I have a friend who used to have that tattooed on her arm. Don't just love others. Really love them. Right now, there are large numbers of people in this country who think of Christians as those people. 
There's a lot of people who think of you and I if you self-identify as a Christ follower. There's a lot of people who think of you and I as those people. And you know how they finish their sentences? Those people are so judgmental. Those people are so arrogant. Those people are so closed-minded. They're so mean. We are known more for what we hate, who we judge. We're known more for, for hatement, judgment, subpar movies, and plastic fish on our cars. <laughs> Calls them like I sees them. What if we were marked by something different? What if the, the, the language that people used was, those people are so loving? Those people are so loving. They're so forgiving. They're so welcoming. Those people accepted me even when no one else would accept me. Those people cared for me even when no one else cared for me. Those people. I want to be those people. I don't want to be the other people. With me, team, and I think you do as well. So how will it work for you? You've got some folks in your life that you dislike. There's a whole, there are whole categories of people that you think of as those people. We're called not just to tolerate them, but to love them. And that's the calling God's placed on your life. You want to jump into this amazing adventure? You want to find your place in God's amazing story? Kick that main character syndrome to the curb. Start honoring God and loving others, and start honoring God by loving others, those who are different than you. And we'll pick it up right from here next week for part three. Let's pray. Father, we love you, and we're so grateful that we have your word to guide us, to nudge us, to keep us in line, and to call us out when we need correction. Father, on this one, we all need some correction. We all have people that, we, that just get on our nerves and there are whole ideological systems that we find disgusting and disruptive and, and, and all of us have opinions on this. And Father, what we fail to do in those moments is we fail to see your image in those we disagree with. We fail to see your image in, in whoever we're labeling those people. And we're asking, God, that you'll nudge us and bring us conviction and help us get, get ourselves back on track to honor you and play the part you gave us to play in your amazing story. Give us guts enough, give us courage enough to obey you on this, that our hearts might fall in line with where you want them. May this be so in my life. May this be so in all of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, thanks once again for taking the time to listen. It's an honor to have you with us. If you'd like to support our church financially and help us continue to put this content out there for free, that would be a really big deal to us. We're completely supported by the contributions of the people that come to our church. And if you'd like to help, you can do that online at truenorthchurch.net slash give, or you can do it with a text message. Just text the word True North to 77977 on your cell phone and you'll get a prompt leading you through how to do that. Thanks again for dialing in. See you soon. Bye-bye.